Hey, what's up? This is Martina Abrahams, and you are listening to You Had Me at Black. Before we dive into this week's story, I want to do a little housekeeping. You may have noticed that today's story is out a day earlier than normal. That's because we decided to switch up our schedule and drop stories two days a week instead of one. Starting today, expect a story every Tuesday. Next week, we'll start publishing on Thursday, too. Now let's get to this story. Today we hear from Jamika. She agreed to help her best friend move across the country in a 22-foot truck. The trip had so many twists and turns that she documented it in her journal. Here's what happened. I want you to breathe all this in, breathe all this in. <laughs> this is You Had Me at Black, the podcast where black millennials tell true life stories. So my story starts in Philadelphia, and it travels across the country all the way to Portland, Oregon. So me and my really good friend, Kay, who I also call Ambush, we've known each other at this point for over 10 years. I know his entire family, his children, his girlfriend. And so we are driving across the country from Philadelphia to Portland, Oregon, so that he can join his girlfriend and put an end to their long-distance relationship and begin their cohabitation space. What I did know is that we were going to be traveling across the country together, so I wanted this trip to be a time where I could like enjoy the travel more and not think so much about the logistics of things. And so I didn't ask a lot of questions to him before we traveled, which I realized in retrospect was probably like not the best idea. <laughs> we had a week to do it and that we would probably be staying in hotels and that we would be driving a moving truck. My expectations were that we would have a route planned out of which cities we planned on stopping in and that we would stick to that route. I also expected that we would know where we were gonna be sleeping every night in advance. <laughs> I think I expected that we would share the driving, that we would have a comfortable vehicle. I'm starting to feel a little nervous, don't wanna overwhelm him with questions, so what I decided to do initially is to call his girlfriend because I feel like lady power, communication, like we should be on point. So I call and I'm like, hey girl, <laughs> I miss you, haven't talked to you in a while, what's going on? So we have a bunch of small talk and I'm like, okay, so I'm calling you because I have a bunch of questions, but I'm hoping that you can give me some insight into what's going on in your boyfriend's head. I have no clue like where we're going to be staying throughout the process of this. I don't know if he expects me to pay for gas, if he expects me to pay for lodging. We haven't talked about any of our plans in that regard and so like... And she's like, girl, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what I can tell you is that in the past, he and I have driven my car across country and we've just found a hotel on the day of. You know, we kind of like drove as far as we could and then like got a hotel that night. And I'm like, okay, I guess that can work. You know, I'll be living on the like <laughs> rambunctious kind of end, flying by the seat of my pants. I don't do that often. It's an adventure, fine. So she says that she will prod and get some questions, you know, as much as she can and then let me know what she can. So it's Friday and I decided I was going to stop by his house and get some questions answered in a friendly way, but also check in and just like share some energy. And I get there and I'm looking around and like realizing how much is not done <laughs> and how much still needs to be done in terms of packing and all that good stuff. 
and he's half Jamaican, half Nigerian, and so his family is coming over to help him pack. And his mom is Jamaican, his dad's Nigerian, and so his mom arrives, and in her Jamaican accent, she is just like roasting him for every, like, you you asked me to come help you pack the kitchen, but none of the kitchen is packed. Like, you know, what do you want from me? Like, you want me to sit here and do it all for you. Why are you taking all this stuff anyway? This plastic bowl, really? Like, you need this, you need all these things? I'm looking like, dog, you got wine glasses that aren't packed yet. Like, you haven't been drinking wine all week. Like, this is the stuff, like, at this point, you should be living off of, like, one set of dishes, you know? Like, yeah, but, you know, believe me, a lot of it is done. The bedrooms aren't packed. There's a good amount of stuff that is packed, but there's a lot of stuff that is not packed. And I'm just like, dog, what's happening here? So he's in denial. (laughs) You know, I'm trying to, like, you know, meet him at his denial space and work from there. And so he asked me to go with him to pick up the truck. So now we're driving in his minivan to pick up the movie truck when he tells me that like he is a little nervous about the trip he doesn't have all the plans together and for me that was just a little shocking because he organizes a lot of events so I would call him a curator and an organizer I think that me thinking about his approach to events and organizations is something that I thought we would take into this trip together and so that was like a really profound moment for me of understanding that distinction We get to the moving place. I'm looking around at the trucks and I see that he is renting a 22 foot truck and that was the first time that I knew anything about that. Then I see he's adding a hitch because he's taking this, I don't know, 2001 minivan that he has (laughs) and towing it along with this huge truck. And so I am just in awe. I am like, you're doing what? And you're taking this, the window doesn't roll up the door is like what are we doing what are you doing why are we doing this he is off because I need this van I need all of these things this office chair like (laughs) everything that I'm taking is stuff that I'm gonna need like I don't understand what you mean so now I'm like this is the beginning of this trip across the country now I am driving his minivan he's driving this huge truck then we're getting back to his house and we're just standing there looking around at all the stuff that he has to pack. Sunday comes, I check in with him around 10 o'clock. He's loading the truck up. I talk to a couple of other friends that are over there helping him. We exchange some jokes. And so, <laughs> you know, we're all kind of clowning him at this point, but, you know, in a fun and lovable kind of way. And so then, you know, I'm feeling like I should be hearing back from him in an hour or two. He should be headed to pick me up and we're gonna get on the road. And so now I'm like, all right, well, I haven't heard from him. I don't want to bombard him. I know he has a lot going on, but I want to know what I can do with my day at this point, you know? So I decide to call him again. Now it's around, I don't know, maybe 11, 30, 12. And our friend Rhythm answers the phone saying, hey, Jamika, I think I was supposed to tell you that the truck is completely packed and everything is fine and that he's on his way. Actually, he, he's on the way to Portland. He just left you. He said you weren't ready. So <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to tell you right now. I'm like, okay, so what you're really saying is that he's not ready at all. You guys are still moving things. I was thinking about going to get my nails done, and I really just want to know if I have enough time for that. She gives me the deep, mm-hmm. <laughs> You have plenty of time to do that and more. 
I'm like, okay. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> I'm really happy that you're there and that I have someone that I can like get the inside scoop of what's really going on. And so I'll see you soon. So I get off the phone with her and she's a Snapchatter. So I'm like, I'm gonna go on Snapchat and see what's really going on over there. <laughs> I go to her Snapchat and there are like serious interventions happening with his hoarding. Like everything he's putting on the truck, people are like, for real, you need that? You're moving to Portland, Oregon, you need shovels? You need two shovels? For real? Like, for real. I'm on Snapchat like, oh, hell no. I'm going to get my nails done. <laughs> I'm going to get some lunch. I am going to, like, <laughs> see some friends. I'm going to do everything because I can see that he is nowhere near ready. So finally, it's about 5 o'clock on Sunday. I get the call from him that he is ready to go and he's going to come pick me up. So he comes to get me. This big truck with this big minivan takes up, like, most of my block. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well, this is what it is. You know, we load some of my stuff into the truck, and we get a couple of, like, water ices. Water ices are, like, these Philly steeple snow cones. And so on a really hot day, like, it's great to just have some ice sugar water, <laughs> you know, that you're taking with you. So... As you drive west through Pennsylvania, you start hitting a lot of mountains. And so that was also, for us, our first indicator of like, okay, we can only go about 30 or 40 up this mountain. Everything that is not flat land is a mountain at this point, you know? <laughs> Suddenly, the minivan horn is like honking and going all crazy. We know no one's trying to break in, but we are driving probably like 20 miles at this point with the minivan <laughs> honking and just going crazy behind us. So finally we figure out a good place to pull over. And it turns out the minivan wasn't really attached properly. So it was just bouncing all around on the back. And that's what causes the horns to go off. So now we're on the side of the road in like I don't know, random Pennsylvania, like readjusting this mounted minivan on the back of this trailer. We probably have like another solid two hours of daylight and all this baggage. So like, what are we gonna do? I decide that we are gonna stop in Harrisburg and we're gonna call it a night for there. We would get there around eight and we would just get a really good night's rest and get a really early start for the next morning. So, Day two, the plan is Harrisburg to Cleveland. We're realizing that anything that we put into our mapping system is gonna tell us, you know, four hours to get to that place. But for us, it's honestly like six hours, seven hours, you know? So we're making extreme adjustments <laughs> to our schedule. So we get to Cleveland and I'm just like convinced that I'm gonna see the Bronx, you know? So I'm that like co-pilot, like, okay, where are we eating? <laughs> What's good in Cleveland, you know? And so this was the realization moment of like, okay, we can find these cool spots to eat, but like, where are you going to park 30 feet of like junk, you know? <laughs> so we do like stop and get really good food. We had like world famous hot dog spot. And so we're in Cleveland and from Cleveland, I think we make it to like Illinois later that night. South Bend, Illinois. So day two is like, it's still pretty good. We're, we're moving, we're realizing like the reality of our time. And for both of us, that's like a little scary because we have one week to complete this trip. 
So we still haven't talked about driving, you know. Now, when we discuss expectations, his expectations was that I would contribute to driving, and that was, like, the biggest help for him. But at the same time, like, I didn't sign up to drive a 22- to 30-foot truck. (laughs) And so I tried driving the vehicle, and I felt extremely uncomfortable, like... Maybe if I stayed in the same lane the entire time, but definitely when I had to like switch lanes, I was like, we're, we're all gonna die, you know? <laughs> so I probably drove for like all of 20 minutes. Now we're both kind of like, let's not even talk about the driving yet, you know? Let's just get through day one and through day two. So we're in South Bend, Illinois. We decide that the next morning from South Bend, we'll make it to Chicago, which was a huge thing for me. I really, like, needed to see Chicago. I've never been there. And so now we're in Chicago. We're, like, getting our deep dish pizza, having some conversations. One of the major conversations I had with him about, like, letting go of came around, you know, talking about an office chair. Because that was the thing that when I opened the back of that truck, that was the thing I could see. You could get a used office chair for like $10. And he was like, right, but like, why would I buy something that I just had? Like, (laughs) why would I get rid of something just to buy the same thing again? And I was like, yo, you're going to a new space. You're gonna be in a new city. You're gonna be in a new home. You don't know like what your creativity is gonna feel like, what that restart's gonna feel like. You might feel like, fuck that chair, right? You might like, you might want a stool, you know? (laughs) You might want some like fly retro chair, you know? Like you don't know what you're gonna feel like in that space. And so you open yourself up to being able to move through those new feelings and have new things. Just that attachment that we have to things, like you don't need that. I think that was a moment of like clicking for him of like, okay, I can see that. Anyway, at this point, we're at like day four and day four is like, it's, it's getting real, you know? Like, I think we're both, you know, a little nervous about the time we're making and if we're gonna be able to get to our destination in the time that we want it, you know, we realize that the cities are moving and we are making it across the country. Like our, our original route and itinerary is like changing and shifting. We are still moving through the country, but we're definitely not moving at the pace that we want. And when you get to that part of the country when you're in like Illinois, South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, like, Those states just feel so long. There's not a lot to look forward to. No offense to people from the Midwest, but, you know, like, it just feels different than it does in other parts of the country. And so I think that that contributed to us really feeling like, are we going to make it? Are we going to be okay? He's also, like, filling up on gas almost every two hours. And, you know, like, (laughs) it is getting real out here. So in the midst of all of this, I decide to journal. Okay, because these are some of like the funniest moments I've experienced. So, Copilot's journal, day four. Dear journal, this won't be my last entry. I felt defeated all day. Last night was a rough one. I honestly can't believe it's the fourth day. I wonder if this is how God felt on day four when she created the world, because I'm exhausted. She probably didn't feel exhausted. She had answers and all I have are questions. Like, why doesn't my pilot believe me when I say we can't rely on the time quotes of Google Maps when we're riding in an old school spaceship? Why would he have tried to drive until 6 a.m. last night morning? 
Why would he say our average speed is 60 miles an hour? Why would he even say that out loud? Our average speed is maybe 45, 50. We are the tortoise of the highway. We catch up to people that have passed us, stopped for lunch, then gotten back on the road. His levels of denial regarding his denial are serious. I brought up the van again today. I probably won't do that again. I thought about trying to drive today. Nah, I probably won't do that again either. I just keep thinking about how different this trip is from the one I took with my homegirls. Men are seriously a different species. I had a pretty good dinner in Rapid City, South Dakota. I did my best to think up a few games we could play while on the road. We played 21 questions. We decided against Mount Rushmore after I did some research on the roads heading up to the memorial. Windy and non-RV friendly are how they are described. We head to Lusk, Wyoming today. We booked our hotel way later in the day. We learned something from the night before. That's because we booked a hotel the day before and we weren't able to make it that distance in the same day. And so we had to like just scrap up our loss from not being able to make it to that hotel and book another hotel. Over dinner, we had a standoff about time and distance. I can't even begin. Today, Am learned that I don't like sandwiches or any food that gets stuck in my front teeth. <laughs> we saw a casino in a gas station in Minnesota. I also saw a pregnancy test in the bathroom stall of that very same gas station. I told Am and he asked me what the results were. I gave him a look and told him that any woman taking a pregnancy test in a gas station is gonna take the wet stick results with her to the car to show her boyfriend. And that's just the way that goes. The pain has moved through my body, my knees are still suffering, but now so are my hips, shoulders, and back. I need so many things. And so I think that like towards the middle of the trip, we definitely, at this point, we had to make some really tough decisions. You know, it was no longer about stopping and seeing this or seeing that or eating at this place or eating at that place. Like at this point, we are really focused on where we need to get and how we're gonna get there. So, you know, Chicago, Worthington, Minnesota, Rapid City, South Dakota. Now we're in Lusk, Wyoming. <laughs> There's not much to say about that place. Then we booked this, or I, on the like, okay, we're gonna turn some of this energy around. We are gonna stop in Lava Springs, Idaho. They have hot springs there. We're gonna get like one good night in of like sitting in some hot springs, get some relaxation going. Booked a really nice hotel. Hotel has a fireplace so we can probably like do some chilling and really like reflect and talk and You've seen those hotel commercials where they're like, this is the hotel you saw online and this is the hotel in reality. <laughs> that was Lava Springs, Idaho, okay? But Hot Springs was like a huge pool and there was like a hot pool and a cold pool and all these people in the pool. And you know those moments where you just kind of like, you get to a place and you're like, this was the plan, so I'm gonna stick with the plan and I'm just gonna do it. And so I go out to get in these hot springs and I look at those people, and I'm like, they don't want me sitting next to them in these springs. <laughs> and I don't really want to sit next to them in these springs either. So we're just going to call this a wrap. <laughs> Keep it moving. The hotel is a motel. It is the crappiest. It does have a fireplace, but it's an electronic fireplace connected to an outlet with, like, 15 other things plugged into that, like, power strip, like the microwave, the mini fridge. <laughs> and the fireplace and the coffee maker all plugged into this like how is this place not blowing up you know 
the worst. But we got a good night's sleep, and so now we're in our last like stretch, and so we're going from Lava Springs to Portland, Oregon, and we're gonna just do that in one day. At this point, it's Friday, and my flight is on Saturday, and so we're just moving through it. You know, we have a plan. We're gonna stop in two hours and get some gas, and then we're gonna do this and grab some food. Now our meals are like, you know, we're not trying to park anywhere. So we're going to rest stops, you know, places that are meant for big trucks where we can really like pull up and stretch out. And it's about 10 p.m. Friday night when we are pulling into Oregon. We are beat, completely exhausted, but that little bit of excitement that's in there too, but it can't even really like shine through all the exhaustion. And so we get there and, you know, this is also his first time seeing his new home with his girlfriend. You know, she got this new space for both of them and their family. So it's all of that excitement as we're pulling up also of just like, you know, it was the hype up for the last hour. You know, are you ready? We're about to be at your new house. We're about to be with your girl. Your kids are there. Are you, you know, so. And I think at this point, he's in a lot of like disbelief too. Like, wow, like we made it. We did this. I don't even know how we did this. <laughs> and, and so we pull up and all of the family is there. You know, they're taking video of us getting out of the truck. They're like, what the fuck is all of this truck? Like, <laughs> what is in there? <laughs> so there's lots of hugs and laughter and it was really good. Morgan, his girlfriend, she took our food orders ahead of time. So as we're getting there, you know, she's got the Chinese food that we've been craving. She's got my whiskey. <laughs> she's got my ginger ale. <laughs> so it was really good energy. As we were driving, we definitely had a lot of meaningful conversations. And I definitely feel like we were able to get to know each other in a different way. And I think that for me, overall, like... You have friends and you choose your friends for a reason. And often you and your friends see the world through the same lens. And in a lot of ways it allows you to romanticize who they are, to give a level of perfectionism to them because you see the world the same way. And the trip for me was really about being able to understand that your friends are friends because they're human and they're people and you know the same way that you realize that your parents aren't superheroes and hopefully at this point in our life we've all like come to grips with the fact that our parents aren't superheroes they aren't imperfect or they aren't perfect people thanks for listening to you had me at black be sure to check out this episode's description for musical credits and if you like what you just heard head to youhadmeatblack.com slash b-side.